0: Hello there, this is Olivia from oz Podcast. I like to listen to people talk about things, so here's a really good network for people talking about things. It's actually called the Discussing Network, because it's people talking about things. Enjoy!
1: Now Davros has created a machine creation, a monster... ...which will terrorize and destroy millions and millions of lives and lands throughout all eternity.
2: For a thousand generations, it is a name that will bring fear and terror. Our
1: battle cry will be total extermination of the foul. Oh, we can begin. There will be a moment that will live. History.
2: This is only the beginning.
0: Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones. And on this episode, we are welcoming back two of the best co-hosts in the world. And we're going to start with Lee Shackelford. Lee Shackelford, how are you? Two of. Uh, yes. Yes. I'm uh, <laughs> not, not the best co-hosts in the world. But no, two of her. the best. I, you know, I'm sure because, because Nicole's not with us tonight. So two I of see. the best
1: gotcha uh I, i'm grand i'm just grand we're, we're having some technical problems and that's always vexing but you know it's it's good to be able to to have such problems don't you think
0: yes it is and what by chance of a computer might you be on i am using a um a
1: five-year-old
0: macbook at this point which is i don't think is the source of the problem but, no you know no. considering the fact you know, everybody knows I use Mac. So, but for yeah. those non Mac people in the world, welcome back, mm-hmm. Clarence Brown.
2: Well, as a card holder from the PC Master Race, I will say that I'm glad <laughs> to be on another episode of Discussing Who. Yeah, man, I'm doing good, doing good. Glad to be on and talk it out, man. I am excited about talking about this episode. Oh, good.
0: Well, you know, excited that you guys are both excited, because I'm excited. And Clarence, I don't think you could have used a better word than what you did, because the episode that we are reviewing tonight is, of course, a classic episode, and we are reviewing Genesis of the Daleks, and I know we're going to get into it in regards to many parallels, I guess we will call them, of what was considered the Nazi master race versus the Daleks. So good good choice of words there, my friend. So, gentlemen, I have one little piece of news, which actually it's more of feedback than it is Hmm. news, from our review of Turn Left. Nicole sends us feedback, and she says that out of Turn Left, it is actually not one of her favorite episodes, that she had a hard time watching it, and that she has a hard time going back and rewatching it. So I found that quite interesting that her opinion differed, and it made me wish that she was on with us because we all liked that episode. So I'm dying to hear more of Nicole's thoughts of not liking the episode. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Here,
1: here's a great example of that. In fact, and I, I was trying to figure out if, if this counts as news or not, but and it doesn't. But um I have um the Internet movie database open right now. And one of the, its uh, its ads uh that I think you see a lot is comes from a, a group called Zergnet. A lot of people waste a lot of time on Zergnet without ever knowing that they're that this is a a site, a clickbait site that they get stuck in. But if you've ever followed the thread that says, you know, remember that person you liked on TV in the seventies, guess what you'll never believe what they look like now. <laughs> yes. If you click on that link and then 20 pages later, you will get to the, the picture of what they look like now. And along the way, they've shown you 600 ads, you know, and so it's, it's very clever, but um it is designed to be a waste of your time. And and those clickbaity titles. I mean, that's how that that term came to be, right? It it's, yeah. it is. It's like it's like baiting a hook. So the more provocative the the juxtaposition of an image. Oh well, the first one that I ever uh, got was stupid enough to follow was the one that says, uh, "Doctors say you should never eat this food." And Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Or ten mind. things you need to do right this minute. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the ones that. It, is that has come up on my randomizer right now says is the title is the link is characters who basically ruined great tv shows mm. featuring a picture of Catherine Tate really oh wow warn you
0: writer uh, guy exactly
1: hey okay you mm. know what but see so this is how she thinks that that, that we don't like her
0: have <laughs> very good point Well, I have something that for whoever made that article that I think (laughs) needs to be said, they should be. Oh, I thought you had a foot for them, but go ahead. (laughs) No, they need a foot. But I think they should be collaborated, um, Uh, marinated, Uh, um, (laughs) compressed, compacted, uh, exterminated. There you go. Exterminated i like it yeah. yeah cool all righty well i say let's just get right into the story if that is good for you guys it's a six-part story so i say let's get into it what do you guys think? let go all right here we go oh, yeah so for anyone listening if you have not yet seen genesis of the daleks put us on pause go out watch that episode come back Because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 So the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review Genesis of the Daleks. It is the fourth series... Of the 1975 season of Doctor Who, it aired in six installments between the 8th of March and the 12th of April. It starred Tom Baker as the fourth Doctor, Elizabeth Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith, and dot, 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 because I did not finish my writing. Lee, help me out here. Harry was played by Ian Murder. Thank you, sir, because I did not finish. Thank you. Yeah. So, so guys, tell me summary view. What did you think of this episode? And Clarence, I'll start with you. What did you think of this episode? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, hmm.
2: I l- love how it explores the. I forgot what the what the proper name for it. But killing killing Hitler as a baby, you know, it's kind of yeah. It's kind of what we're doing here. We're going to mm-hmm. the inception of the Dalek and. It's interesting to see um, how that played out as well as seeing these two warring factions and this one maniacal scientist who is hellbent on fostering this new evolution of their people to be the greatest of all uh, species out there in the world, in the universe. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it. And I just... Loved how it gives us a different look at something that, uh, you know, was definitely around before this episode, but they just add this different layer and it even adds a layer to people who have just seen Nuhu, me. <laughs> uh, it gives us a lot of backstory on, on the foundation of this, of this race of beings.
1: Cool. Lee, what say you? Oh, well, this was, Genesis was actually my introduction to Doctor Who. This is the first, uh, Doctor Who that I ever saw. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So wow. it, it's, I, I just have no objectivity about it. I, all, all I know is that when Sarah fell off that rocket gantry at the end of part two <laughs> and we, and we went to the closing titles, uh, that, that was it. That, that is probably the moment where I became a, a Hoovian because there was no way I was not coming back to see part three of this. And, uh, you know, the deeper you get into the story, the more interesting it is. It's, uh, it is, it's an extraordinary script. I, I think a lot of the, the, the four part Doctor Who's, the classic series is that sometimes the four parters can drag on and the six parters tend to be deadly. A lot of times, because you just get the feeling that the BBC was trying to stretch budget, you know, Mm. (laughs) but this is six episodes and it doesn't feel like it. Um, and uh, so I, I really admire that, how, how many different, um, storylines are happening and how many, um, sort of different levels on which we have to examine what's going on. It's, it's, I, I just think it's terrific. What, what about
0: you? Well, well, I want to ask a question to you right before I give my thought, and my question mm-hmm. is: How old were you, without giving away your age? How old yeah. were you uh, about when you were watching that?
1: Well, I've been trying to figure that out because the episode aired in the UK in 1975, uh, when I would have been 14, and I it seems like that's was when I saw it on our PBS affiliate in Alabama. Okay. I don't think I'd be right. I think it was a long time before they started repackaging those for PBS.
0: Well, I can remember them, you know, I I was really, really young, mm -hmm. you know, but I was born early seventies and I can remember Dr. Who being on in the late, you know, by the time I was five, six years old. So I I don't think it, you know, it may not have been 75, but I think by 76 or 77, you were probably seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe so. Maybe so. So for me, I remember liking this episode. Obviously, I don't remember it per se from being a child, but there is something about Davros that I think that I remembered being scared of as a little kid. Yeah. And I Especially whenever he started doing the, you know, you know, doing what Davros does, but, um, <laughs> but the hysterical screaming, yes. <laughs> yes. But I, I remember him a little bit. But I'm going to go back to what Clarence said. I love the layering that it gives. That's one thing I'm really happy that we're doing is revisiting these classic series, kind of in tandem with watching the series present as we're reviewing them because i think they a- add a little bit more context to each other so i'm i'm having fun with it and i really enjoyed seeing this one again because i have not seen it probably in two or three maybe four years so good good fun seeing it again so yeah. since we talked about davros i got i want to question you guys mm. really quickly on what you thought about Davros 1975, Davros 2008, from the look of Davros, how well do you think that he held up in transforming from 2000 and, I mean, 1975 to 2008? And specifically, how well do you think they did in 1975? So, so Clarence, why don't you go first? Hmm. Um. Mine is a little colored because I saw the future version <laughs> first, I guess. But I, th- I think
2: they did pretty well. Um Of course, this is a long time ago, but I still feel like if I saw this <laughs> as an introduction, I would still feel the same weight of the character. And maybe that's my overall impression of the whole uh, series, the six parter, is that I felt like it aged well overall. And, and and definitely seeing his character, uh, he was believable to me. Cool,
0: Lee. What about you?
1: Yeah, um, I've just always been fascinated by that design of that character, and and, I, and it works on the 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 tiny budget that they're making uh, Genesis on. And if you can realize it with the kind of our modern techniques and the budget of the new series, it, it's still recognizably the same the same character. And I I love that. um, Mm. As um, Julian Bleach, right. Julian Bleach gets a a
0: lot more freedom of movement, obviously, but that's really the main difference. Mm hmm. You know, I was really impressed going back and seeing it after just seeing 2008 and going back and seeing this. Honestly, I was really impressed at how well they did him because I was expecting a lot less And I'm looking and I'm seeing, yes, he does kind of look uncomfortable sitting in the Dalek lower seat as compared to how he looked the last time. But this one, the way his mouth moved and all of that, I was like the prosthetics was really, really well done, back to the budget thing, of what they probably had for a budget. I just thought it was really, really well done.
1: Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, later on, After this, they literally peeled all of that off Michael Wisher the last time he was on camera and saved it in one piece and like a mask. So even though it was made to go on his head, they were thinking, you know, we're going to see Davros again and you know Michael Wisher will come back. Well, the next time we saw Davros, he's played by a different actor, and they still use the mask. So it does it doesn't fit him, and it's just glued onto his kind of. you can really tell, and it's embarrassing. So, yeah. So you have to enjoy this this makeup
0: slash mask here while you can, <laughs> while it's on the actor for whom it was made. Well, you know, in storyline, he did, you know, spoilers ahead, he, yeah. he did get, you know, probably hurt a little bit, more so than his feelings got hurt at yeah, the end of right. the story. So that's probably <laughs> what happened. Yeah, they they blew his epidermis off. So that's
1: what happens.
0: There you go. So we see in part one, we see the Doctor, Sarah, and Harry. They're transported to Scaro by the Time Lord. And the Doctor is given a mission of preventing the Daleks from coming into existence. So Lee, I'll send it to you first this time. Mm -hmm. What did you think of this whole setup by the Time Lord? Um, it, it, when I think about this episode, I forget about that completely.
1: I just don't remember it. Uh, and, and so it was, it was actually a treat to see it again. Um, it's pretty clearly a, a sort of a visual reference to, uh, Ingmar Bergman's film, the seventh seal that for some reason they, the time Lord, we, we haven't seen other time Lords yet. I mean, we we've, we've seen, you know, uh, the master and so on. But we haven't been to Gallifrey. And um, so uh, this is sort of like our first glimpse of what one of these guys would look like. Uh, well, there's the ones at the end of War Games. So mm-hmm. You, you and, know and what there,
0: I mean. Anyway, and there is the one uh, that when we were doing uh, Terror of the Autons, there was uh, the one that came to see the oh, doctor that was yeah, dressed in a similar like fashion. A,
1: yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah who, yeah. who came down like he was lowered on a string. That's yes. right. Yeah. So every time we see them, they, they, they're doing something else uh, kind of kooky. And this time he's, he's dressed like, uh, like Death from uh, Seventh Seal, which is very a very strange choice. <laughs> but, you know, why not? I mean, they look different every time we see them. And uh, uh, so they just have some fun with that. Um, I, I wanted to mention while we were talking about this opening scene that l- literally the first thing we see is, is somebody in a gas mask. And then they, they get machine gunned. Uh, and two things worth noting about that is that remember, this is tea time. This is still supposed to be a show for the whole family in 1975. And Doctor Who is often under attack by um, kind of watchdog groups in the 70s for just being too violent. And the story is that, uh, Terry Nation was out there watching this shooting. And I, I don't know if that wasn't in the script or what, but he was there kind of tugging on David Maloney's sleeve. So the story goes saying, we can't open the episode with this, with this guy getting, you know, gunned down. But you know, uh, you want to say, Hey, you wrote the thing. And if, if you, the body count of this episode is going to be amazing before yeah. we get done. So, you know, but so there's that also. I just think this is so lovely on the DVD uh, commentary track. It's a uh, Elizabeth Sladen is one of the people in the room doing the commentary track. And as soon as we see the guy in the gas mask, she says, are you my mummy?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is
0: too good. Yeah.
1: So obviously it was after 2005 when they <laughs> recorded that, but yeah.
0: So, so Clarence, what do, what about you? What did you think of this setup from the time Lord?
1: Now, I don't know if,
2: he was instructing the doctor to destroy the Daleks more. So I thought he just told him to research and try to find a vulnerability, unless I'm just remembering it
1: correctly. He gives him some choices. Hmm. He says to destroy them outright or to arrest yeah. their development so that they aren't so aggressive, or if possible, you know, d- derail this whole thing so they turn into something good. That's true. So, I mean, that immediately makes me think of
2: the fixed points in time, which, you know, that concept Mm. isn't around now at this (laughs) moment in classic, as well as how that would just and the doctor kind of mentions it later on in the series, um, completely altering the timeline by changing the course or even destroying this race. Of course, there are going to be good things that prop up from the decimation of the Daleks, but. Uh, That sounds like a title. Uh, But also, um, it could it could somebody's got to fill the void. Right. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily 100 percent mean that the world will be better off. And and it's like the kill Hitler thing. And I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of a hard thing to to wrap my head around. But is it really right for the doctor to annihilate, uh, commit genocide against an entire race of species? Mm, it, that, is it okay since they're a lab experiment? I don't know. And this see, is this is not yeah. the natural evolution of the the uh, the um get their name wrong the people the, 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 the college yeah, college yeah. people. This is not this is their eventual evolution, but at this point, it's not it's not you know the natural evolution. And the 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 Daleks that we have now are pretty much grown in a lab. So does that constitute the same thing if he destroys them as the lab grown beings? I don't know.
0: You know, and the thing that, you know, going back to the time thing, you, you kind of answered just then what was going to be my next question which was wouldn't the doctor already know that he failed since uh, his previous <laughs> selves had already fought the Daleks or is this simply changing time? But, but by the way, you guys just talked about it. That kind of negates that question and explains it because there, he did question himself and he did have the alternate ultimatum of, you know, make them something else. So not knowing what the future holds, maybe the versions of the Daleks that he saw were lessened because of what he did there, perhaps. Yeah, could be. You Good know. point. hmm So I was watching this first episode, and I'm seeing this setup between, you know, the two different factions, the Khalids and the Thals. And, you know, I'm looking— at the visuals and speaking of visuals even though we didn't see the hands reaching out of the ground I have to say that Stephen Moffat did do a great job of having the people that did the Witches Familiar and the Magician's Apprentice or whichever one, however those titles went from Series 9 I I thought that they did a good job of m- interpreting the look of Scarrow during the war did anybody else think of that?
1: Well, I I, I look at it and I see rock quarry, you know. So, (laughs) I I mean, uh, something that happened so often on the show that there's even one where I I was wondering if this is an ad lib where the the doctor in Romana lands somewhere and the, (laughs) the doctor opens the TARDIS door and looks out and says, oh, look, rocks. (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, I think that w- I think that was in decimation of the Dialects when he does it.
0: But,
1: uh, <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> no, I love that. That's that's the only that's the only word like that that hasn't been used so far. So.
0: <laughs> Copyright Clarence Brown. Uh, there you Twenty nineteen. 19. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but 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 what I found interesting though in this watching these two races be set up and the visuals of it. Lee, I was brought back to something you said in one of our previous episodes about how profound you were seeing our Constitution and knowing that the people who were going through writing the Constitution were basically committing treason for all sense and purposes. And I kept coming back to that so many times in this episode as I watched that. As that's basically what these people who are scientists are doing, are basically by standing up to Davros, committing treason. Absolutely, and and every last one of them is going to die before this is over.
1: Uh, it's something that I had forgotten about. I mean, really, the the, the body count in this sixth <laughs> yeah. part is kind of amazing. Um, I I hope it isn't this isn't out of sequence to talk about this, but you know, this time around. I don't know. I guess I, I, I've watched this. I've, I've seen Genesis of the Dogs many times. <laughs> I, so I think I always get this. There's a part of me that can sort of get Davros. He's he's nuts, you know? So, uh, okay. Uh, he He's a megalomaniac, and he's in, immensely dangerous for that reason. But I do feel like I kind of understand where he's coming from. But niter Man... <laughs> I just, <laughs> if there's anybody that I want to get into the story and make sure he dies, it's Niter. <laughs> uh, and, and, of course, what hurts about that is that he's, he's the one who is the most like people that we know, that, you know, uh, historically and, you know, or in the world today. Uh, in, um, he, he even looks a lot like uh, Joseph Goebbels, uh, which I'm sure is one of the reasons why he was cast. But he, 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 in um, the first part, He's not only dressed in kind of a Nazi uniform but he actually has an iron cross did you notice that? Yes. Mhm. And that's really on the nose. I mean that is an actual Nazi medal and n- and notice that in episodes 2 through 6 uh it's gone. Somewhere along the way they somebody really? on the set said, "You know, a little bit too much." <laughs> that's too much. I mean, if people don't get it for God's sake. <laughs> But I don't know. I wonder. Yeah. I mean, did, did you feel the same way? I mean, there's just, I, I, I mean, the, the, we were presented with a lot of villains over you know fifty plus years of Doctor Who, but nobody gets under my skin like Nyder, man. <laughs> and Nyder, Niter reminds me so much. And maybe this story is a whole
2: kind of. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the uh, A New Hope in some ways.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 yeah. And N- Nider Nyder reminds me like a Tarkin, a Tarkin character. Yeah. Well. And, and you know the, the design of their uniforms there—that's not an accident either. I mean, yeah. they're certainly the the uh, Nazi ideology and appearance, and even down to Vader having kind of a Prussian field marshal's helmet, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So,
0: but see, um, one thing you know that's easy for us to re- forget—so far removed in time. But even, you know, like go back to the 60s when the Daleks were created, this was 20 years past since World War II, 30 years past now with uh, the genesis of the Daleks. So Mm -hmm. the Nazis are still fresh in the memory of culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And these are, yeah, the people watching this show in 1975, if it's mom and dad and You know, Tony and Martha, the kids sitting on the sofa or they're hiding behind the sofa, you know, mom and dad, they were they had bombs dropped on them.
0: They remember. Yes. And and, you know, the scary part of this when I when watching this is you listen to some of the rhetoric that Davros was spouting throughout the story as he's ultimately trying to convince whichever side of whichever faction to do what he wants to so he can build the Daleks. That's his ultimate goal. But Mm -hmm. the things that he's saying to them that he is saying that they want to hear, it's really scary that this was written (laughs) in 1975. And we're looking on for it 40 something years later, 45 years, 44, whatever, years later. And I'm being able to hear Davros and associate it with, you know, world leaders in the world today that are still saying similar stuff. That's right. And that's scary. Yeah. And it ought to be. Yeah. Yeah. his,
1: His way of getting into creating this new race that he has in mind is to tell the Khaled's that he wants, that he's going to preserve the purity of the Khaled race, which is a complete lie. Yeah. But. And it's funny, this is something, as many times as I've seen Genesis, this struck me for the first time. When he, when he said that, I was just thinking, look at the people in this room. Who's the one who doesn't fit? Who is yeah. the one who is obviously something else? And, you know, uh, Hitler was a, a little, you know, dark-haired, brown-eyed man with a Jewish background. I mean, up there screaming about the master race, who need to be big and blonde and blue-eyed and hairy. Yeah. And, like. Wait a minute. Has anybody pointed out that? (laughs) uh, No, we're not going to either. Uh, Okay, so so I I don't know. Was that was that a deliberate part of what Terry Nation is up to? Is to have the one who's saying, you know, we we all need to be, you know, racially pure. It's like, wait a minute, where did you come from? (laughs) Because you (laughs) you're green,
0: buddy. So you know, Clarence, looking at it from the perspective of the things that Davros was trying to do. What did you think of how he was playing side versus side?
2: Um, I, I saw it as him being calculated, and, and I quite enjoyed that because I was always, you know, this is my first time seeing this, so I, was, so I was always thinking about what he would do next. And he really kind of, okay, we ultimately knew he was going to do the bad thing and be the bad guy, of course. but But it is interesting how he let it all play out. It's a, it looks like he just wanted to make it dramatic because there was really no good reason for him letting it play out as he did. Letting the rebels mount their army, <laughs> giving them a choice. Yes. And then ultimately, they really didn't have a choice. So I don't know. He's he did, That is a way to eke out loyalty. But you, you know in the end, the loyalty didn't matter because Dalek. Uh, so I, I thought it was interesting that even though he had this ultimate plan to to allow his Daleks to be, manufactured or grown in lab or whatever, um, he still loved. It seemed he seemingly loved the dramatics of of letting it all play out, and maybe that's for the viewers' benefit. But I thought it was still interesting to see.
0: So for me, going and looking at that, I. Think I can sum it up best. I love how you said, you know, that he was calculated. But the the part that just summed it up totally for me as to how Davros was in a position with even the ones who are saying we've taken your power away and we're in control now. When he tells them, I want to. Take your terms, and I'm going to accept your terms on one condition. I want to speak toward the full Senate and blah, 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 blah. and. Then after he finishes, he tells them you are dismissed and they walk off. So for yeah. the guy that's being told we're taking away your power or and going to put you in jail, he turns around and says, Go do this, I dismiss you. I yeah. caught that this time
1: too. I never noticed that before. That 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 does he apparently his surrender, you know, ends with him reminding them that he's still in charge.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean and, and there are points where the point that where I, I mean, of course, again, we already know uh, Davos is 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 a horrible being, <laughs> but when he goes to make the deal with the Thals, I was I was pretty much out of it at that point because I, you know, we knew what would happen anyway. But at that point, it it weirded me even more because I thought at the very least he wanted to see good for his people, and 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 that point there when he made that deal with them to to bomb. They're dome. Uh, I was like, "Oh, this dude, <laughs> this dude!" And <laughs> e- even further elaborated when the doctor asks ask him about the virus in his hand, you know, yeah. about the power to eliminate all human life with a virus or all life, period, your life with a virus. He like just eats that up. <laughs> he, he goes into another level of crazy, and this guy is—he's just the worst of the worst, man. I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> he is so bad. So, bad.
0: I mean, place me among the gods. Yes. I mean, and Davros is the center of his universe. It's all about him.
1: Yeah. You know, oh, man. Yeah. And this, this moment that you're talking about is exactly why I thought it was a great idea, Kyle, to, to, to talk about this right after we'd done um, stolen earth and um, because, journey's in, yeah. and journeys in because um, here he is being given this thought about something that would destroy everything, and just as sort of an intellectual exercise, he considers it, and and he and he realizes right away, just just just, just as you were saying, Clarence, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I yeah, do it because the mold about it, <laughs> exactly. Yes, and so it's like unwittingly, the doctor has planted this seed in his head. So now, by the time we get to Stone on Earth and Journey's End, he's actually got the ability to do it. <laughs> And 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 he hasn't lost his enthusiasm for it. (laughs) No.
0: Activate the reality bomb. Reality bomb. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I found interesting, and this is getting into, well, in part one, I thought that that was really interesting that the first person out of the three of them to see Davros was Sarah Jane, not Uh, the doctor. Right. But when we get into the second episode, you know, I think this is something that we saw or see more and more, especially in this era of Doctor Who, because we made reference to Kondo in the um, brain of Morbius and that he really wasn't, quote unquote, as dumb as the professor thought or the doctor thought, not Doctor Who, but or the doctor, but. What was the name of the bad guy? uh, uh, Solon. Thank you, sir, because I know that's one of your favorites. Yeah. You know, so I am seeing this theme over and over in this era where they take characters and they either say that they're mutated or they say that they're less than or whatever the case may be, but they are the ones who turn out to be the most empathic and the most Mm-hmm. Lack of better word, nice of this story. Am I right on that? No,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's of mice and men. It's a it's a little storytelling technique that we that, that's always effective. The the gentle giant. You know, um, and, and it did. It struck me this time um, that uh, here's another case where Sarah uh, Sarah's life is saved by the fact that she's pretty. You know, which may or may not be fair, (laughs) but uh, but it does seem to keep helping her (laughs) that these these
0: poor these these poor guys say, "Hey, you're (laughs) we'll save you." (laughs) Okay. So I want to ask you guys this question. You you brought up the fact that she was saved because she was pretty, but she was also put to work in, for lack of a better term, a labor camp. Yeah, and it's a labor camp right and she could uh, die yeah. in the camp that you know they pretty much say that so why was she assumed to be a muto as they were calling them not harry it was it is that somewhat being sexist to say well she's the weaker of the two uh well they'd gotten separated
1: so harry was always with the doctor uh
0: yeah it's yeah. true yeah 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 true 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 so i uh, Another thing from part two that I found interesting, even though Sarah was the first thing or the first one to see Davros, when the first Daleks were turned on, set into operation, the first thing they see is the Doctor. So I thought that was a nice little tidbit right hmm. there.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
2: Now I didn't notice that. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, that Sarah
1: is the first to see Davros and. The first thing the Daleks see is the doctor.
0: So, Clarence, you've had the task, I won't call it the luxury, the task of climbing a very, very, very big hill with me, and you know I'm afraid of heights. (laughs) Having said that, how well did you guys think they pulled off the scaffolding and climbing thereof? So, Clarence, why don't you take that first? Oh, man, something
2: might be wrong with me, but I love that scene. <laughs> I love the scene. And, you know, trying to uh, climb to the top of this rocket, uh, <laughs> I just thought it was fun. It was interesting, not really practical, practical, because, you know, it seems like they would very easily be able to just stay on the ground and shoot them. But at some point they start yeah. to climb as well. Uh, but I don't know. I guess I just love it anyway because just of the crazy nature of it. Um,
1: yeah. no, I thought it was fun. I liked it. Hey, Lee, what say you? Oh, me too. It's 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 good old um, movie serial stuff, You know, even though it doesn't. I <laughs> mean, Clarence is right. It, the guys on the ground have got guns. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. And if they get to the top of the gantry, the, surely the gantry is connected to the rocket, not the side of the mountain. So how are they going to get Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have to jump, you know, a hundred feet through the air to, to get, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just always thought it was, it was thrilling. And this moment where, where Sarah gets treated basically like a cat, you know, if you've ever had that experience, uh, of, of do, being in the middle of something and then realizing that you don't like the way things look ahead of you and you don't like the way things look behind you.
0: Um, yeah, that's yeah. why I. That's why I mentioned uh, the big old, big old hill slash I, what I keep calling a mountain. Yeah, <laughs> I got there. I, I was right there with her. It did
2: Yeah, yeah. You know. As cow but, sat "There, ready to cry." I had to say, <laughs> "Dig deep, dig deep, sir. We can make it to the top of this mountain." This, this
1: was this was
0: Stone Mountain? we y- Yes, it was.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, in Georgia. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a story for another day. But uh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to say that I equally enjoyed it. I was picking it apart for the fact of, oh, well, I can tell from the logistics that this isn't really much that they're climbing. But at the same time, I'm going and saying, wow, you guys really pull this off really well because you were taking what I saw as like a painting. I mean, like, you know, like if you, like a, paint scaffolding that you might uh, have one layer of right. of scaffolding on and i'm thinking wow they did really good at doing different camera angles to make it look like i am really continuing to climb up and up and up they did a good job of that so yes i enjoyed that too
1: One of the things that the directors and designers of classic who, you know, I've always thought you got to take your hat off to them because some of these episodes, well, like this one, uh, these serials where that have a lot of people running up and down corridors, very often they only have the budget to build one corridor. So you've got to find nine different ways of of shooting (laughs) it or lighting it so that it doesn't look like they're running down the same piece of set all the time. And, uh, there's one in war games. Um, one of the things I admire about that—that's serial, which is a, what a ten-parter. Um, but yeah, it's got some. it's have yeah, the, the budget for it. But but so if you're watching closely, you could tell they are running down the same eight feet of corridor over and over and over again. But we we see it from a slightly different angle every time. And it, <laughs> yeah, if you're willing to roll with it, you'll buy it. But um, yeah, yeah, maybe this is the time to talk about this uh, this serials. Uh, some of the ways in which the budget shows, um, Harry's oyster is one of, uh, one of the things that uh, I always wow. find cringe worthy. And there's, uh, it, it's yeah. educational. If you're ever bitten by a styrofoam oyster, you just need to find a styrofoam stalactite to pry it open. <laughs> <Like> that, <that's, laughs> see, you learn that from watching uh, Genesis of the Genesis. <laughs> like, oh, for goodness sake. But yeah. Yeah.
2: That's yeah, about the least creepiest enemy exactly. i ever seen. Right,
0: it's, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you, since you mentioned Harry, let me ask this yes. question real quick. And I liked Harry Sullivan, and so this is not a anti-Harry um, question. But did he have a purpose, other than being Harry Sullivan, in this episode?
1: Uh, well, he and the Doctor get some lovely witty banter, you know, Um uh, Harry is unflappable. He he's, he's that great, uh, British, uh, kind of stereotype. And we know he's a, he's a Navy doctor. And so they're both doctors and, and, uh, and the doctor really treats him like a peer a lot of the time. And, uh, it, it's real interesting to me the, the way they play off of each other. Uh, my understanding is that Harry was, the character was conceived for the same reason that Ian is in. The original you know the the very first uh, uh the first doctor's adventures is the idea was that the doctor's going to be this older man, and so we need this young guy who's going to be the one who can pick up a gun or you know uh do a knockout blow with somebody, but as we quickly saw, Tom Baker was perfectly capable of uh doing all the daring do and running around stuff and uh so yeah Harry did you I know mean, he only is is in this this season because yeah they, they really didn't need him.
0: And, and I wonder if he was, you know, hired slash contracted before perchwe decided to leave. And, you know, they basically just ran out his contract. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. And, and again, I like the character and I'm not dissing mm-hmm. him right. by my question. It was just if I go back to th- the things that I remember most about this episode are well, and it may just be because I'm. Fascinated with Sarah and of course the fourth doctor. So maybe mm-hmm. he has the disadvantage of not being Sarah or the fourth doctor. Right. Maybe that's my my issue or whatever. Yeah,
1: when I was younger, I sort of resented Harry too because he was getting to go around with the doctor and Sarah and I wasn't. So <laughs> I, I think there was there was sort of that. But uh yeah, he's really grown on me over the years. And uh I just I just like sort of his his jaunty you know, nothing gets me down. Kind of, uh, he and the doctor making jokes about when when the when the uh, the college are going to bring him bring them tea, you know, or coffee. I don't mind.
0: I'll have that. So, Clarence, what about you? You know, this would probably be your first uh, recent exposure to Harry Sullivan. The first Harry. So, yeah, what yeah. Would, What would you? What did you think of him?
2: I mean, I don't think he was totally useless in an episode. He had some 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 good. You know, conversations with the doctor, as Lee said, which I found inter- interesting because it, you know, led to some exposition we probably wouldn't have got otherwise. So that was fine. He did save the doctor's leg from being blown off. I guess you yeah, got yes. that as well.
1: That's right. <laughs> I guess true. he did a little something. Very, oh, that's a good true. point. That there's there's the three of them in a nutshell, and I love how Terry Nation captures that. And it's right there in, in episode one. The doctor has stepped on a landmine, and so Harry and Sarah both immediately go to the doctor's feet to try to figure out what they're going to do about the landmine. The doctor's saying get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's like, no, well, obviously we're not doing that. So let's talk about what we are going to do. It's just not it's not an option, you know. Uh I, I love that. I lo- I love how they they solve problems together.
0: And I'm going to take back then my question. <laughs> so forget that I even asked the question because that in <laughs> itself is, is worthy That's of him fun. being there. So, 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 so strike <laughs> yeah. that question. That didn't happen. Reality bomb. Forget about it. Yeah, right. forget about it. It didn't happen. But you know what did happen? And this was something that I wanted to ask you guys segue here. What did happen was the doctor chose to describe in detail all of these different things about the Daleks to Davro. Why do you think he chose to do that, and do you think that was the right decision? So, Clarence, why don't you go first? Why do you think he did that, and was it the right decision? Well, I think we know the why. Um, He was placed in
2: pretty much an impossible situation. Now, maybe you guys can answer this, because I didn't know from just viewing. Obviously, I think he was talking about situations that happened in earlier episodes with different doctors,
1: possibly. So I didn't know if he was, if he was feeding him a bunch of bull or was he actually telling the (laughs) truth, I I didn't know. Yeah. The the Dalek invasion, he describes the Dalek uh, invasion uh, that um, is where the first doctor leaves uh, Susan behind. So uh, he he describes what their, their plan is. Uh, Uh, And uh, so for example. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, uh, impossible situation. He's going to save his friends. So, I mean, can we fault him for that? You know? It's funny how that, that struck me this time that I thought, given the kinds of situations that they're always finding themselves in, have, have we never had this conversation? H- Harry and Sarah are both there on their torture table saying, don't tell him. And the doctor says, well, I have to. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's almost as interesting an ethical question as the, you know, have I the right to commit genocide here at the, you know, to, to blow up this nursery of the Daleks? Um, when you're in that kind of situation and, you know, he could be handing over the mastery of the universe <laughs> yes. to Davros, yeah. but he chooses to spare uh, Harry and Sarah, who are. If Davros has his way, they're all dead anyway. Yeah. I I don't know. I if they had me in the machine with you know the, the the wires on my head, you know, and they said you know if 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 you lie, you know, you will will know. So you have to tell us the whole truth,
0: or I'm gonna we're gonna kill Kyle and Clarence. I would tell them everything. So, mm, well, but, thank you, and yeah. I would do the same for you too. But, Agreed. but mm-hmm. I will say this, I, and you know, we we said at the beginning about the opening scene that Terry Nation kind of had a problem with or was concerned about. But we have two companions, very popular companion at that, mm-hmm. being tortured in this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. You know, so really and truly, think about the fact of we have a companion in this episode, in this story, being tortured. Yes, I just find that profound. Albeit <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. not, <sighs> they're not it, being physical- not graphic. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it wasn't graphic, you know, like, but but still, the fact of.
1: <sighs> but yeah.
0: you can you can see why there were
1: there were people who said this show needs to be on at least needs to be on later at night. You know, it's just, so by the time we get to deadly assassin, which is really not that well, it's, it's yeah. It's the end of Sarah Jane's run on the show, but, uh, and and one of the cliffhangers, I mean, Sarah falling to apparently to her death, you know, at the end of episode two. That's a great cliffhanger. One of the cliffhangers in Deadly Assassin has this guy holding the doctor's head under the water, and he holds him under there for a long time before the clo- the closing titles run for at least and a week. But he, he for a week yes. get it? For the and, uh, episode exactly. I mean, and that is—it is—it's just one of the most horrifying things ever, and I, I just so. Well,
0: the reason I, mean, I, I kept saying I'm sorry, but the reason I kept saying the torture thing is this is 1975, so it may yeah. feel a little, you know, milder today, but in 1975, it probably had a lot more umph to it. And, and Clarence, I interrupted you. What were you fixing to say? No, no, I'm-
2: I was just gonna say. Furthermore, I think the doctor gives it right back to Davros when he takes uh, disables his breathing apparatus momentarily. Yes, it's
1: yes. so many that scenes like that. It's, it's I really amazing. wanted to talk about that. Thank you, because it, it, he's he, the doctor is waterboarding Davros, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's Pride what it is, basically. Purposes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh so, man, so,
2: are we okay with that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was
0: like, whoa, really? He's going <laughs> to... Okay, so let me ask it in another way, Lee. Let me take your question and ask it in another way.
2: Destroy the every owls!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good one. So, if... If you had have gone back and if you would have gone back and tried to redo that question and had this story be the first Dalek story and you didn't know anything about the Daleks, would that have been okay? But do you have desensitization or desanitized or whatever, sensitized, whatever, because (laughs) you already know that the Daleks are bad? I don't know. And now I won't be able to get out of this voice. Uh we We'll find a way okay um, <laughs> oh
1: no, it's a good question because i mean it is a time travel story, and I don't know if 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 at any point anybody ever believes that after this episode there aren't going to be any more Daleks you know if that's a possible outcome of this story <laughs> i I don't know I don't know you you can hope you know or i i i i I find myself caught up in it, and i I'm willing to feel like you know maybe there's some um a possibility that that's how things are going to go, but. Okay. uh,
0: But, but keep in mind though, we're, we're, Watching this with knowledge of X number of years later. Yeah, so 44 <laughs> years later. we're Yeah. Be- because I made a comment and the last Discussing Trek when we were talking about Picard, uh, Locutus of Borg, you know, the best of both worlds. And yes. I made a comment referencing being a teenager watching that thinking is, you know, oh, yeah. uh, Patrick Stewart leaving the show.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. So... So, you, yeah.
0: you know, putting in 1975, they may have well thought this is the end of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: or at least we're going to play with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Then, then they get put,
2: back to the TARDIS and like everything's changed because they destroyed the Daleks. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, what future yeah. are we in now? Exactly. You know? the butterfly effect of yeah. wiping out the Daleks. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, while we're getting back just for a minute to talk about uh, waterboarding uh, Davros. <laughs> Why? Let's just ask for the for the sake of asking. Why, in the name of all that's wonderful, would he have a button on his control panel that turns off his life stream uh,
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> yes, I'm just asking. Yes, yes, yes. That is that is that is so good. But I'll 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 take your life support button and raise you a big red button that says destroy everything.
1: Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah,
0: who has well, a big red button that says it's a, "destroy us all"? Destroy, destroy everything that I have worked for for for, for decades. Yes. Yeah, and well, is even know. labeled that.
1: Right. Yes. Destroy everything. And um yeah. Well, that's that big dare
2: to the to the rebels. You know, yeah, I bet you won't press this. You know, you can't
1: do it. Yeah, that could have been a bluff, but I love the yeah. fact that the the last thing we see of Davros is him going for that button. Oh, real! Oh man, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So apparently, it, that's really is what it is. Why? Oh, why? <laughs> but yeah, why would he have that? Oh, so, and you know, Forbidden Planet is my genre film. You know, he he's still yet today. I just love everything about Forbidden Planet, but I do still kind of cringe when we get to the end. And there's a there's a switch you can throw that will blow up the whole planet. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> My golly, I'm glad nobody sat down on that. <laughs> like, uh, oh, this would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Somebody named Osterhagen, I suppose.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, but At least you know that was the key to the whole thing. But that was the key to the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, what you did know. you guys think of the doctor's dilemma? That that moral conversation. I know we've hinted about it, but what did you guys think of his whole should I, should I not conversation?
2: Hmm. I I found it interesting. and I, I guess it kind of hinges on the whole episode. It's, it's, a, it's a huge part of the dilemma. Uh, I don't know.
1: The dilemma of the Daleks. That's another good one. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah oh, We are cranking out the titles here.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, again, to me,
2: the only thing I think that the only way i would justify it is if we were to say since these few beings that we have over here in this room have been grown in a lab but you know i got to bring it back to modern day like if i mm-hmm. knew of some babies that were grown in a lab i wouldn't want them to you know be killed just because they were grown mm-hmm. in a lab so it
1: is hard it it really really is <laughs> Mm. You you can't be alive in our culture right now and to not be sensitive to you know the fact that basically what the doctor is saying is that these cells are living things and I can't kill them. Yeah. And that is an that is a real world debate. Are those cells that are going to grow up to be an adult do they
0: already have the rights of adults? Mm. But add in the time Aspect of it, of saying, who are friends today? Who are the people that are still alive today? Because culture X and culture Y and culture Z comes together and forms an alliance against the Daleks yeah. that has done A, B, and C in benefit for all of these A, B, you know, X, Y, Z, and one, two, three, and whatever that will it's- not, they may be warring amongst themselves because they mm-hmm. did not have the common enemy.
1: That's right. It could actually be worse. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and it it's it's funny I guess to think that the doctor hasn't thought about all of this before because I mean he's a time lord for heaven's sake. Um but it is certainly very dramatic to get to that moment and he he won't touch the wires together and Sarah and Harry are just like, "Well, <laughs> let's go you know he says hang on a minute (laughs) and uh it is it it, it is one of the defining moments of of all of doctor who i I, I, i've seen so many compilations of clips where somebody's you know they're saying like um you know going through television science fiction or something clip from star trek and a clip from lost in space or something and if they show a clip from classic who it's that Hmm. it's that little moment there have i the right and, and it is. It's one. It it is definitely you know one of the icons. Uh, and, and and what's what has bugged me for a while about this, and it really bothered me again, is that the doctor gets he gets let off the hook. He, does, <laughs> he doesn't have to solve the problem because we learned that Davros has surrendered. Haha. Yeah. And so he he pulls out the wire and you know and, you know and says thank you thank you, Garm, And I'm 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 more grateful to you than you can possibly know. Later on in the story, uh, he says, I'm going back to the nursery and I'm blowing it up. A- and I would love to know what happened between those two points in his mind. I mean, we mm-hmm. saw the Davros betrayed everybody, but there's nothing. We don't have any new information about the the infant dialects. Yeah. But now he just says, I'm going back to the nursery and blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> so problem mm-hmm. solved. And I'd just like to know how he got there. Mm-hmm. but. Did, did did that strike you the same way? It's like, hey, wait a minute! This was a big dilemma earlier, and now now it's not. What happened? Mm, what do you think, Clarence?
2: I mean, I agree in the in the point that there wasn't any new information really that would sway his decision one way or the other. Yeah. He already knew that Davos was crazy, and Davos was crazy, and that um, you know, uh, he knew already knew how bad the Daleks would be. So, what changed in that short amount of time that? You know, made him want to go back and and, and do it. I don't know. I don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah, I don't. Need <laughs> Except it. that it's exciting. That it it gets him in the part of the building that's about to be blown up. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the real reason.
0: That's, that's, yeah, and, and unfortunately, I think that's the only in context story. I mean, you know, that you can say is there needed to be a moment, and that provided a moment. So,
1: but i do love love the idea that that uh, of having the uh the Dalek make the
0: connection by running over the wires that is a yeah a little yeah. nice little touch there so yeah. you know let's um one other thing that I want to mention really really briefly is the time ring. I just thought that that was almost hokey, but then whenever I think about it it reminds me of a different version of the vortex manipulator. Cause it goes on your arm.
1: Yeah. But I, I've always been relieved that we didn't see the time ring again. Because, <laughs> oh
2: man. It, the, the worst part about the time ring is the doctor gets in a little kerfuffle.
1: And, <laughs> and it falls and off. It falls off. Yes.
2: After going through all this to obtain it again. And, we know how important it is for him to get out of here once everything is over right yeah. he has deep <laughs> pockets he has deep pockets Just that's true. in there i mean uh. 'Cause when it when it fell off his wrist, I was wondering like wait, did I see it fall off? And yeah. <laughs> you know, he just keeps going like nothing happened. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> was that a continuity error? So,
0: yeah. And I'm folks. thinking, where's the clang clang clang? You know, if it's a yeah, right. piece of metal, have. why didn't they hear it? Yes. Mm. Should have had a
1: should have added a noise on there. That reminds me, speaking of continuity. Has it? Did it occur to you that at one point Harry dresses up in one of the uh, elite guard uniforms and is able to get past some of the other guards because he's dressed like them? You know, as we've seen in a thousand adventure stories. And then after they've broken out of their jail, he changes back into the clothes that he arrived in. <laughs> I got to look dapper. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I'll go with the out, other. Out his little neck scarf. And, <laughs> and, and it just struck me that is only so that we can keep the continuity straight of, of shooting this out of order. And yeah. And if you're about
0: to say something about Sarah's outfit. <laughs> okay. Go for it. Because that's where I was going. So go for it. Oh,
1: boy. The, the, the story about this, and I didn't know this until hearing the commentary track with uh, Elizabeth Sladen talking about it. They had already shot some parts of the story that will follow this. In which she has the camouflage pants on. And they, because they were shooting out of sequence, she showed up. They had her on set shooting scenes from episode six of Genesis of the Daleks with the camo pants on, uh-huh. which is not, not her costume for Genesis of the Daleks. So, so here's a problem. We either have to go back and shoot all of that stuff that we've already done and we're on a deadline here, or we need to have a moment where the doctor finds some clothes and hands them to her and says, this could be useful. <laughs>
0: oh.
1: and, <laughs> and she says, del- yes. <laughs> yes, she's <laughs> delighted. She'll immediately going to take off what she's wearing and put on this new outfit for
0: no reason in the world. Yes. But you know but what? I know. I, I, here's why it went so well, because she was, she looks so delighted because she's thinking to herself, she being not Sarah Jane Smith, she being Elizabeth Slayden, <laughs> I don't have to reshoot these
1: these scenes. That's right. I don't have to come back here and do all of episode sixty. Well, I'm sure everybody else was delighted by that that quick fix too. It is it's it's a lunatic moment that that in the midst of all this, Sarah would be interested in in changing outfits. But you know, but but the, and, and there's no reason in the world why Harry shouldn't just keep the elite guard uniform that was really handy. Yeah. You know. But yeah. same reason. You know. I just so whatever. Anyway. He looked good in that elite uniform, too. <laughs> that so often happens in these stories. You'll notice that he, he stole a uniform from somebody, and it fit him perfectly. So,
0: <laughs> Cool. Cool. All right. So let's kind of wrap up the story here. We see, of course, that Davros kills everybody, or at least the Daleks <laughs> do. But then the Daleks do what Daleks do, and they turned on Davros. So Clarence, What did you think of this shift in no longer being the creator and I am doing whatever the creator says to, you know, you're not one of us?
2: Oh man, I saw it coming a mile away, a mile (laughs) away. He, he brags on the fact that they have free will. You know, he, he's proud of that fact and. I mean, it happens so much in science fiction, but you would have to think that once once he gave them the will to do what they want to do, they would definitely see everything else as inferior. And I don't know, it's just a, something that happens a lot in science fiction. And I, I just saw it come in the mile away. And yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't know if I can add much more than that. Um mm-hmm. So, about you guys, so Lee, I'll I'll amend that just a little bit and say, what did you think before they or as they were turning on Davros when Niter got his due? <laughs> well, I was delighted that they killed Nider. Um and it takes a while too.
1: And I, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm with Clarence. I mean, it, it's too poetic for them to not kill Davros. In the end, you know, I mean, so you sort of, if you love story, you know, you have to, you have to kind of hope that that's what's going to happen here. So anyway,
0: cool. We'll talk more about it when we talk about favorite scenes and favorite lines. Well, then why don't we talk about our favorite scene? Favorite scene of Genesis of the Daleks, and just I'll go first, and I will say my favorite scene just for the iconic scene that it is and because it's used so many times and even was used in a clip in series nine, they showed this again, the doctor questioning, do I have the right? That's my favorite scene there. So Clarence, what was your favorite scene? (laughs) Okay. You guys are going to help me out. My
2: favorite scene slash scenes were all of the cliffhangers.
0: (laughs) Um,
2: Every yeah. last one of them I thought were hilarious, but fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna just say that, uh, from, from, uh, Sarah Jane falling off the scaffolding to the doctor getting choked up by, um, embryo, embryotic, uh, uh, Dalek. Um, yeah. Uh, well, not embryotic at that point, but you know what I mean? The yeah. youngling Dalek. Um, yeah. All of the, the cliffhangers were my fun, you know, favorite scenes of the episodes.
0: Hi, right, sweet Lee. What say you? I I really, really love,
1: and should probably commit to memory this this whole scene where the the doctor is sort of sitting slouching in his chair in that way that that Tom Baker does, and and talking philosophically with Davros. Uh, they're they're there as equals, and it's fascinating. And you get the feeling that the doctor really feels like well, he's interested in Davros, but it, it's he, he, he also kind of can't believe it. So he's going to try to talk him out of being who he is, you know, which is futile, but, but it's yeah. where he asks him, let me put it this way. If you, had a microbe, you know, if you had some bacillus, they could kill everything. You know, I, I just love that scene. That's, that's, that is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, scenes to love in uh, this six parter, but that's, that's the one that I, my mind always goes to. I just love that. So,
0: you know, I have a question or I have a something that I can't quite wrap my head around Uh. and I don't want to go too spoilery with it, but (laughs) I wonder if Davros knows that the doctor is the doctor and for, for future reference, I should say because of meeting future versions of the doctor, specifically Mm -hmm. the 12th version of the doctor. I've wondered because we know that the, That Davros has something that belongs to the Twelfth Doctor, and I—I just wonder how much Davros, quote unquote, we're supposed to think. Because it did make me see this episode a little bit different, because I kept thinking of knowing that Davros has acknowledged having that something that belonged to the Doctor.
1: Mm. Yeah, and and I have and I saw that. When the twelfth Doctor encounters young Davros, that that was um, that was an example of him changing changing the past. Um, that somehow certain things about Davros aren't fixed points in time. So I, I believe that right now the Doctor and Davros are strangers to each other in Genesis the Daleks. Interesting. But we we created a new universe, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how time, the, the flow of time, works in, the, in Doctor Who. I see.
0: Mean,
1: see, I we, we know at, it isn't a straight line. We know that.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> I, and and see, I always look at it or looked at that as like a layered on, as just something that we can layer on top of. Davros pretends that he doesn't know, but I'm trying to get into Davros's head as to thinking what was Davros thinking. Yeah. You know. So all right, favorite quote. So I started with Clarence last time, so Lee, favorite quote?
1: Well, after Devros brags again and again and again um, about how he is um, making the Daleks strong by removing weaker emotions, they're going to be programmed to to not have the emotional weaknesses that we have. And then he begs them and says, have pity. I just love that. Out in the audience, we're going, ha. you just asked them to have pity. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And the Dalek says, pity. (laughs) pity." (laughs) I just love it. (laughs) No, they're not going to have pity on you and you ought to know why. Mm -hmm.
0: So Clarence, favorite quote, what say you?
2: Oh man, I have to go back to the virus scene. (laughs) Just the magnitude of what, Davros was saying, and this shows how much of a villain he really is. Um, and while wow, I was kind of long, so let me see if I can reel this off real quick. Yes, yes, to hold in my hand a capsule that contained such power, to know that life and death on such a scale was my choice, to know that the tiny pressure on my thumb, enough to break the glass, would end everything. Yes, I would do it. The yes. power would set me up above the gods and through the Daleks I shall have. That power. And that's a horrible reading, but that is the quote.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you weren't going to do the uh, hysterical screaming
0: at this Michael. Yes. Wishes.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Do
2: it Wett, do it.
0: <laughs> oh. So I'm really glad that you chose that because I have. Two quotes that I have been sitting here the whole time you've been talking, both of you, trying to decide which one I want. And you've made my choice for me because you chose one of them. So I'm going to go with the one you didn't read out, which is ours is the victory nighter. They talk of democracy, freedom, fairness. Those are the creeds of cowards. The ones who would listen to a thousand opinions and try to satisfy them all. Achievement comes through absolute power and power through strength. They have lost. And I just think that's scary in the sense of how we continue to hear that today. So mm-hmm. that's that's not my favorite quote by any means, but I've just latched on as to how it seemed relevant
1: and you know you remind me one of the things i wanted to to ask uh y'all about in this conversation um the last line of the episode um the doctor says that i don't remember the line word for word but he, he says that he knows something and i think that's supposed to be our upbeat note that i i have always thought
0: okay we're, we're losing you just a little bit oh i'm sorry. Uh, he, the doctor says, I know that something good is going to come of all this. And, and this,
1: this time, I, I think every time I've seen Genesis Daleks, I always end this thinking that's supposed to be the upbeat note that we end on. And I, it doesn't work because
0: I don't understand what the, what is the, the good that's going to come of this? Mm, maybe the fact that they weren't as bad as they could have been because it did seemingly delay for however long their inevitable advancement and the fact that they did delay may have had some impact, maybe, maybe, I don't know, but maybe, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't, it doesn't have the, I think we're
1: supposed to be left with a certain kind of feeling and I don't get it. I don't, I don't get that. The feeling I feel like Terry nation may have been going for there. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. from, From, from a linear standpoint,
2: it makes sense from where you see the Daleks are at, at the end of the episode. But the doctor knowing the future, it makes zero sense to me. So (laughs) uh, I don't know.
0: And and I'm going to go back to my weird voice, not using it. But what I said during that voice, of if this were the first Dalek story and, Mm -hmm. you know, if you could have done it over and had this be the first Dalek story, it might would have had a different context. But because Mm -hmm. we're going back and trying to. Say, oh, well, here's a prequel of what you've seen before, but not really a prequel because this is a time travel show. I just, because we already know they're bad. And I, and I'm like you, Lee, I don't know what that message might should have, could have, would have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe everyone listening who does have an idea of what that message was, could send us some feedback and let us know, hey, this is exactly what Terry Nation was thinking, and (laughs) it was blah, 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 blah. Yeah, this is why we know something good will come out of it. There you go. So final rating, let's get into final rating. Can yes, I get two honorable oh, mentions? Oh, absolutely! Really quick I forgot to do one thing. So let let me say, let me go back and say, guys, do you have anything else that we haven't covered as of yet, Clarence? I bet you might.
2: What to say? You? Uh, I thought Garman, uh, if I'm saying it correctly, mm-hmm. was great in this episode. Yeah, uh, being the leader of the rebels, the person willing to go out his way to try to right or wrong and round the troops, I, I just loved him in this episode. I thought it was awesome. And also honorable mention to Beton, um, mm-hmm. the the female thaw soldier who was left on one of the few survivors of the uh, Dalek attack on their um, dome. I thought she was interesting in this episode as well, and uh, in, in leading the charge to to plant some explosives and blow the thing, the kingdom calm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I I liked her in this episode as well. So
1: all righty. They shackle. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm so glad you brought uh, up both of those characters. I love this moment when uh, the Garmin and his people uh, break out and they, they, they kill two of the, the elite guards and, and he's, uh, he's crushed. He said, this is the last thing I wanted. I, you know, we're, we're already off on the wrong foot. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, how often do you see that in a story like this? <laughs> yeah, he does, he doesn't want any bloodshed. He wants to do this the
2: right way. Mm-hmm. And, and that definitely plays into his whole premise that, uh, what are we doing here with these Daleks if we're going to, um, remove the, uh, morals from our evolution <laughs> of yeah. our species? What, what have, what have we left? If we remove our morals, we, right? You know.
1: <laughs> so this is supposed to be our higher self without pity. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. take away pity. <laughs> I don't know, <yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I had this, a little bit of a crush going on betting at one point, and um, I'm, and I'm intrigued now looking back on that because um, I feel like. Um, this is an actress who really didn't do a lot of television. At some point in her life, I, I, I think she just sort of decided to do something else. But I, I, I think it's interesting. I think they tried to to do uh, this uh, this kind of a man's haircut because she's you know the military leader, but yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work. So she just ends up looking like a pixie. So, <laughs>
0: you
1: know, so she looks like Peter Pan. And I I don't know. I just well now she, she's really cute, but <laughs> yeah um but she 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 sort of has only one note to play which is we got to we got to do this oh time's running out oh i got to you know it it would be interesting to if we'd seen her earlier in the serial and we'd gotten to know her a little better but, but kind of i don't think
0: they had the luxury of time in no, the sense no. of she was validating you guys point earlier in our review of how many people character wise got killed because yeah. you had to bring <laughs> her in as a character, <laughs> to kind of take up for some of the characters that had been killed in the first. That's story. right. Yeah, well, we kill a room full of people, and yeah, yeah.
2: Well, she does have an interesting point in the story where uh, the doctor is is caught by not keep it the Thals, mm-hmm. and and after they make the deal with with uh, Davros, and there's like am- amnesty for all the prisoners, and all of a sudden the doctor is out. <laughs>
1: You know, yeah, that's she, She's right. the
2: one that kind of ushers them along and says, yeah, yeah, you're free to go. Says, you know? Yeah, you can go.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I I really liked how everything flipped in, you know, Mercy. what you get The you have to feel for the thaws after, even though they just destroyed their, utterly destroyed their enemy with this secret um, advantage that they had, you know, you have to give it to them for trying to foster a little. Goodwill by saying, okay, all the prisoners are free. We're going to start a new beginning and all this.
1: So yeah, I really love that. <laughs> cool. And you know, I, for uh, it, people who were alive in great Britain in the late thirties, you know, they, they have to have seen Neville Chamberlain and all of this, you know, because you, you, you may remember, um, it's one of the great events of world history. Really, is that he, when he was prime minister of England, he met with Hitler, and he came back with this letter, you know, with Hitler's signature on it, that said that that uh, the the Nazi party has already done everything they want to do. They're not interested in expanding any further. They don't want to invade Britain. They're not going to go to war with America. They, you know, mm. and, and it's it's just take this back to your people and let them know. They have nothing to fear from us. And Chamberlain came back, you know. There's a famous photo of him w- waving this this piece of paper over his head and declaring, "What I have here in my hand is peace in our time."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, and then we see in, in Genesis and Alex, we see the, the the Davros playing exactly the same game with people. And that, you know, for a lot of people, that had that watching the show, that that probably that probably hurt. It's like, mm, we've yeah. heard this one before. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Don't believe people when they when they tell you things like that. Um we had, we'd also uh, I I think the doctor calls Davros a megalomaniac. And as we've been as I've been thinking toward this week, I've been thinking about Davros the megalomaniac and I thought there's a word I use all the time I should probably look it up because I'm not I'm not sure it actually <laughs> you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Um here's the Oxford English Dictionary. Tell me if this sounds like Davros to you <laughs> in psychology. A megalomaniac is one who has delusions of power or of self-importance, <laughs> uh, usually resulting from mental illness. A passion for grandiose schemes. More generally, a lust for power and a desire to control. Mm.
0: So before I say something, <laughs> yeah, don't I'm going, do it. No, I'm going you do to it. say – why don't we give this our final rating because I don't want to say anything uh that I was going to say. So what, what you know, let's play a card. I don't know what kind of card we might play. And I'm not going to do that because I just so bad want to say it, but uh scale of one to five, what say ye as a final rating? And Clarence, why don't you take this first? I don't know. Don't know. Okay. That didn't work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a strong four point eight. you know it's hard for me to get into these classic episodes, but I found like at every turn I was interested in a mystery and looking to see how this story played out of such an iconic character to the series and the the inception of of such iconic villains so yeah i I loved it. I loved it. I, I did not think I would, but I absolutely <laughs> had fun with it. Yeah, so four, 4.8.
1: All right. Lee, what say ye? I got to give it a five uh, all the way through. It's uh, Our friend Louis Tripani, uh always urges us, and I, I, I agree completely, that you, you have to watch these as if it was 1975, and you've never seen anything like this before. And maybe you have to pretend like you're – Eleven years old, and it's 1975, and you're watching this. I mean, holy smoke! What a what a ride this is! What uh, what fun!
0: So you know that's that's me. Mm. So I should what I should have done, Lee, was jumped ahead of you because I should have realized since this was what got you. Into Doctor Who at the very mm. beginning, I should have realized that you were going to give a five, and since Clarence gave a four point eight instead of a five, mm. I, and uh. I'm going to give it a four—I mean, I'm going to give it a five—I should have jumped ahead of you so that I could say, Clarence, my five trumps your four point eight. So, um, <laughs> just—I see, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I. I'm giving it a five because I remember liking this. It is the first appearance of Davros. I love the fact that he is a screaming megalomaniac. And, (laughs) you know, I I like every appearance that I've ever seen Davros. He's one of my favorite bad guys from Doctor Who. So I'm going to, you know, say five out of five easily for Davros All right. So, gentlemen, gentlemen, let's say if anyone were looking for you on the Internet, where might they find you? And Clarence, why don't you go first? Uh, for all
2: megalomaniacs and non-megalomaniacs <laughs> out there. Uh, I'm going to tell you to head on over to our Facebook group, which can be found by going to Facebook, go to groups, and search for Discussing Network, where we are trying to foster a little conversation around everything that we talk about, which includes Star Trek, Doctor Who, comics, and just about everything else in awesome. the pop culture. So so head on over there and join the group and chime in.
1: Awesome.
0: Nick yeah. Shackelford.
1: This Let's time try. I'm going to gonna astonish people by pointing them to a different website but i want people to go look at wifi sci org. Wow. w-i-f-i-s-c-i-f-i dot
0: o-r-g so if i were to and ask what that is what is that
1: i would say that it is six podcasts six science fiction podcasts that have gotten together to put to do to perform our shows live and this is going to happen in Seattle Washington in April but we got to do some fundraising along the way which means we're going to be giving people uh uh the opportunity to to possess things that are beyond their wildest imaginings um so yeah, check it out. Wi-Fi, sci-fi. But yeah, six amazing shows. Let's see if I can keep them in, in alphabetical orders. The way I was in a ninth world journal, girl in space, moon Base theta out, Oz nine, relativity and the tales of sage and savant. All six of us are going to bring as much of our casts as we can get together and get out out to the Pacific Northwest and perform this show. And between now and then, we're going to be creating bonus content for each of our shows that we're going to make available to the people who patronize this effort. And then we're also going to have a live in Seattle album recording of this and that will be made available to the the panting awaiting general public as well so it's a big deal wi-fi sci-fi mm. awesome awesome well and y'all I, will be there
0: yeah yes that is the plan. So. yes okay. oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. so i will say that you, you know i don't normally um put you know say hey go to my twitter account but i have been having so much fun having conversations ongoing with my two favorite assassins from Oz9 on Twitter. And I've been having so much fun doing that. And I've even come up with my own uh, catchphrase of, I will discuss you all. So uh, (laughs) go to my uh, Twitter at kylemj 6977 But I would point anyone listening to also, if you're a fan of comic books, Clarence and I, along with our friend Ron Stevens, just did a great conversation on the most recent discussing comics. And Lee, I pulled you from the past of Superman versus Batman. So you're on there with us too. Oh, cool. So yep. I have my, I go back into the past and pull you, uh, saying you, what you thought of Superman versus Batman. I had fun doing that. So it's at comics. I well remember. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. This was fun. And everyone listening, thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google podcast, however you get your podcast, please subscribe and also leave us a rating that will help us get discovered and we will appreciate it. So thanks everyone for listening and we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.
1: Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again, hundred and eighty So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?